welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Christian Project. Super exciting episode today. First guest coach, guest, yeah, I think guest coach in a while at least. I have coach Matthew Gay, he's a Christian fitness coach in the industry as well. There's not a lot of us out here no. uh, as Christian fitness coaches. So the fact that you're here, I'm super excited for this episode. Yeah, I am as well too, man. I, I think this is great what you're doing and I'm excited to be a little part of it. Thank you. I appreciate it. So the topic of today's episode is going to be overcoming physical limitations and disabilities through faith. And, you know, I think a good place to start here is your story, because I know you have a pretty big story around this. I do. I do. So in 2009, uh, a van that I was in um, with four other people that um, I was working with at the time was struck by an 18 wheeler. The van was breaking down. And um, the driver of the 18-wheeler actually had fallen asleep before we could get into the the shoulder of the Roth Bridge. We were going up the Roth Bridge in Delaware before we could get into the shoulder so that we could kind of just coast down the other side and have, um, you know, a a tow truck come and get us. He plowed Mm -hmm. into us going 65 miles per hour while we're going like 20. So it destroyed the van. It, you know, for me, it um, broke my pelvis. Uh, lacerated my spleen, liver, fractured four vertebrae in my spinal cord, um, and it, it destroyed oh, wow. everybody else as well. Too, the girl behind me was killed um, instantly. Killed. Yeah. Um, the guy that was driving. So this is like a miracle that you survived. Yeah, it, it really is, man. I mean, the fact that I got out of the van uh, was a miracle because the driver, um, his seat had broken. I mean, this, this the thing hit us so hard that my seat broke off the track. His seat broke off because I was the only one who saw the grill of the truck about to hit us. So I grabbed the seat in front of me just out of you know instinct and tried to pull myself mm-hmm. away. I don't know where I, where I thought it was going, but I was trying to get away from this thing. And um, his seat broke on top of me, um, and then instantly the van was on fire. He was on fire. The back seat was on fire because it was a conversion van. So there's like a gas tank in the front and the back. Mm. And when he hit us, it like just spewed all kinds of oils and gasoline everywhere. And so the back seat and the front of the van was on fire. I mean, it it, it was it was a nightmare. This sounds terrifying. It was terrifying. Yeah, I was just about to say. Oh yeah, the girl in the passenger seat. I remember her. She's standing in front of the van because she was able to get out. Um, It broke her eye socket Mm -hmm. and shattered her right arm, but she was able to get out of the van instantly. And she goes in front of the van and she's looking in and she's just screaming to the top of her lungs, like holding her arm. And like, I'll just, that scene will never leave my mind. Um, But the guy that was sitting next to me, he was the only one who was like, okay, he had whiplash. That was it. Mind you, it? mind you, the driver had to be put in an induced coma for a week and a half because he had 45% of his body was like burnt. Um, I mean, everybody was messed up. This guy, the guy that was sitting next to me was okay because he was asleep. So he didn't tense up. Nothing happened so to him. The moral of the story is just go to sleep while you're in right. the car. Right. He was relaxing. <laughs> and so he didn't tense up. And so he, he, was the, he had a, a door on his side. Those conversion vans, there's not a door on the left side. There's only a door on the right on the side. Right. Well, I was trapped under the seat of the, the driver who was laying on top of me, screaming to the top of his lungs. And I couldn't get out the left side. There's smoke everywhere. There's fire everywhere. And I'm like, it knocked the wind out of me. So I'm like, like I can't breathe. And he literally he throws the door open. And that was like the way that I got out. Because if that hadn't happened, I don't know how I would have made it. So God really delivered you through that. But I know you walked away with some really bad injuries so what happened were you paralyzed or were you able to move no where the breakage was um they had said if it was like a couple vertebrae higher or whatever it was that i i 
probably would have had some serious, some other serious issues. Um, I had to uh, learn how to walk again and whatnot because they had to put a seven inch rod in my pelvis so that it would heal together um, and heal straight. Um, And it was just in a wheelchair for a while, you know, having at at the time my, my wife, um, but she was my fiance at the time was making baths for me and bringing me a urine. It was very humbling time, but yeah, I had to regain the ability to walk and whatnot. Um, and then I did, but like for years struggled with back pain, struggled. I couldn't run for more than three minutes without excruciating pain on my left side. I mean, it was about seven years after that, that I still wasn't able to run for more than about three minutes without pain. It would just seize up. Um, so it, it impacted my life uh, pretty significantly. How long ago was that? 2009 is when that car accident happened. 2009. And when did you become a fitness coach? I became, wow. Yeah. I became a fitness coach in 2013. So literally four years after. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So you I were, got into the fitness industry in- that next year. Oh, wow. You, you were, you're quick, ambitious guy. Well, I wasn't doing it intentionally. I mean, at the time I was, I was in, in, in sales. And so, um, I got out of that and I was like, well, what else can I do? I, I'm still good at sales. So I actually joined, uh, or I started working for Bally Total Fitness, um, at just giving mm-hmm. tours to people and what they called you a fitness coach, but it, you were just touring people and signing them up for <laughs> memberships. Uh, I, I was in horrible shape though. Cause at that time I like smoked a half a pack of cigarettes. I ate like fast food all the time. My back was jacked up. I was always in pain. So, and I didn't work out. So like <laughs> I was a super hypocrite. Um, but I'm like, you know, you gotta get in shape, take care of yourself. And you know, I was good at selling, you know? So mm-hmm. that's how I got into the fitness industry. But after three years um, of really growing in my faith in the Lord and being surrounded by health and fitness, I actually started to embrace health and fitness. And so then there was this tussle of like, I'm, I was still very gradual in like taking Jesus seriously, but I was really excited about the confidence I was building and the strength and, and all that. So, you know, after a few years, um, it came to a point where I was very zealous in the Lord and also, uh, you know, very strong in health and fitness and some transitions started taking place. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Let's say that you get a client in the exact same situation that you were just in. Okay. Uh, and they come to you, they can't walk. They, they have no idea where to start. They've just gone through some massive injuries. Where would you start with them? What would you do? If they were not able to walk or if they like healed yeah. and like were in a lot of pain? Oh, let's say, let's say they healed and were a lot of pain. Yeah. I mean, I would, it really, it was just a matter of doing what I could. Right. And so um, machine exercises, it was walking or biking um, I, because I couldn't run. Um, I, I, I chose like low impact exercises. So maybe I wasn't doing box jumps and stuff like that. But if I could squat, if I could do upper body movements. And then when it came to cardio, it was more so like biking and elliptical and stuff like that. And sometimes elliptical even would still like bother me. So mm-hmm. it was like the bike um, and swimming was helpful as well, too. So, yeah, uh, it, it was a matter of just finding low impact activities that you could do. And, and really, if I were to zoom out and say, like, respond to that, regardless of what you're going through, it usually it, it, come, it boils down to what can I do? What 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 measure right. of health has God given me rather than like, what do I not have? Let me steward what he what he has given me. So let me figure out what I can mm-hmm. do. But that's, that's really smart, because now you're approaching it from an abundance mindset, yep. like, what can I use? What gifts can I use yep. that he's already given, rather than just looking at the negative side of things yep. like, oh, I can't do this, can't do that. Um, but it's also a good principle that like, 
do what you can and are physically able to do. You don't have to start from go from zero to a hundred. Right. You know, sometimes walking is the only thing you can do, and that's okay. Right. That's completely okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that when we when we take what God has given us and by faith we apply it, it makes room for God to multiply that thing. Right. Um, and I always mm-hmm. I always think of that, you know, the, 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 the five loaves and the two fish, man, I, I just see, I see Christ. I see the Lord as a multiplier, um, a God of abundance, the God who is more than enough, right? Jehovah Jireh, uh, my provider. So I think when I've got this little bit in my hand, this is what I've got to give. Um, and, and I come expectantly to the Lord with what I've got to offer. I can trust him because he's just that mm-hmm. good to take it and do something more with it than I ever could. And so that applies to physical abilities as well, too. Of course. And that also, that reminds me of like the parable of the talents. Of course. um, Where if you use the talents or whatever God's given you in a wise way, and he says, well done, good and faithful servant, he'll give you more. And he says, whoever has more will be given. Whoever doesn't have, even what they have will be taken away. Exactly. Okay. So, I did a little bit of research because I was I was interested. Um, in the New Testament, there are various, various examples of ordinary men and women who come to Jesus asking to be healed, and he heals them. Yeah. Like I, I've counted a ton of them, at least 20. Um, and the miracles range from healing blindness to healing diseases to raising people from the dead. Yeah. So I was thinking, like, clearly, if if the physical health wasn't important, then Jesus wouldn't have spent as much time as he did healing people. Absolutely. He would have probably been talking more about the spirit. But clearly there's something important here, yeah, right? Absolutely. I think about the two main things that Jesus did in his ministry to, to display his, his divinity. It was feed them and heal them. <laughs> it, was food, it, it was food and health, right? Food, food and physical ability, right? Restoring physical ability. So yeah, I mean, I think I think his ministry definitely points to the significance of the human body, um, and, and how he ministered to people. Um, I also attribute that that importance to how he used his own body, right, to literally mm-hmm. crush sin and death, right. So we do see that there's a significance there. I've asked that question multiple times: Why is it that he would heal people and spend so much time delivering them from physical problems? Um, if, if, if they, if it weren't really that important and while they were on the earth, it was really just about spiritual, you know, well-being, right? Because, yeah. you know, the man at, at the pool of Bethesda, or Bethesda, sorry, um, the, the lepers, the 10 lepers, right. That he heals and says, go, your, show yourself to the priest. I mean, on and on as he's healing these people, why didn't he say, Hey, look, like just, just trust God. And like, just <laughs> mm-hmm. keep your eyes fixed on me and believe in me. And like, you know, like, no, like there was, they, they, they experienced a physical transformation that then showed them the fullness of the Lord and, and, and opened their eyes to who he truly was, which then led to a spiritual awakening within them to where they realized exactly. this is truly the Messiah. This is the chosen one of God. And they believed in many of them then, despite the fact that he says, don't say anything, <laughs> many of them went and actually told everyone. <laughs> well, yeah. How could how couldn't you? <laughs> but you know, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing because to some of these people, he says, "Go, your faith has, has made, made you, you well." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like your faith has helped your physical health. Yeah. Do you think that there's still room for that today? Absolutely, because I 
you, you got to realize that the people that he's talking to either came to him or cried out. There was an action that came mm-hmm. out of their faith. They did something out of their faith, their right. faith, and there was a work that came together. And so it was alive, right? So he's not just saying you believed, so you're good. Like you stepped it's out in faith. And that's why mm-hmm. now there's a response. And I believe that when we step out in faith today, there's still a response because he's the same God right. yesterday, today, and forevermore. I had a pastor uh, at a church that I went to for many years, and, and he's still a, a great friend to our family. Um, and he used to say that faith is the currency of heaven. God responds well to faith. And we see Hebrews 11 and, and multiple other scriptures speaking to the power of faith. Mm-hmm. But when, it, when it's put with works, man, it, it really grabs God's attention. And when it comes to the health journey, when it comes to improving, improving your physical well-being, that is, I mean, man, that is such a great display of putting faith and works together. God, I believe you can heal me. God, I believe that you can improve my situation. God, I believe you can help me lose this weight or overcome the addiction or whatever it may be. So, or therefore, I am doing X, Y, and Z intentionally on a daily basis out of a commitment to you and out of an acknowledgement that you are going to meet me where I'm at with the little I've got to offer mm-hmm. and cause some change to take place in this area. Mm-hmm. Amen. And it proves, proves that you do believe him. Absolutely. It's like it, it, James says, uh, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves, right? You believe him and you're taking that step in faith, Absolutely. like you said, it, it, there there is a step. I think I, my wife was reading me a quote yesterday. Um, when you take one step towards God, he takes a thousand steps towards you. Ooh, Just a random quote. Yeah, I liked it, but okay. it was nice. Yeah. It was nice. Uh, but it shows that you do actually have to do something if you truly do believe that he will do what he says he does. Yeah. And that also reminded me of uh, what Jesus said, like even faith as small as a mustard seed, just it's tiny, yep. tiny faith. But because your faith is in someone so amazing, yeah. so grand, so big, that tiny faith can move mountains. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So, okay. Let's say, like, let's say it's a physical disability, chronic, um, and this person's been discouraged, Let's say they've been praying and praying and praying and, and God's not healing them. What would you say to that? Yeah, man. And it's so hard too, because like, you can't just, you can't diminish somebody's like real life circumstance, um, in an attempt mm-hmm. to uplift them. Right. Like it's not, a, God is so big. Like, it's so easy to like try to encourage somebody in a situation like that and, and doing so accidentally and unknowingly discourage them or make them feel like a bad yeah, person fulfilling the way that they do. Um, when in all actuality, uh, pain and suffering is very real. And God acknowledges that yet. In fact, he knows it. He's a good high priest that came and experienced that. So he understands mm-hmm. what it feels like to, to be trapped. Um, he understands what it feels like to be in pain, severe pain, um, to endure suffering to somebody who is experiencing a disability and, and, and they've been praying and their friends have been praying and God has not healed them. Uh, I, the same concept applies that we talked about earlier with somebody who maybe was just injured and they're working on their road to recovery, which is what measure of health has God given you, right? Like, man, I, I you know, I used to work with a guy named Tyler. Um, 
and he had cerebral palsy, like a severe case of cerebral palsy, where there was a couple different versions of cerebral palsy. There's like multiple different versions. And so mm-hmm. like it was to the point where he, you know, had this one little finger that he could move the the chair around and I had to pry his hands open to get around bars and, you know, pick him up and I would strap him to me and, and have, have him walk step do steps because we weren't like a medical facility. I was like I worked in a, a regular gym. But his dad would come and his dad would bring him and the owner had, you know, really comped him a membership and training. And I stepped into that role, understanding that I was going to be working with somebody who really couldn't do anything for himself. He couldn't communicate to me. He couldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, move by himself, really. But um, he had some abilities. If I put him on the leg press, like on the machine leg press and held him there, put a block between his legs so they didn't cave in. He could do a leg press. He could do bench press. Like there were things wow. that he could do. If I stop, I, put, I would have him hold on to a TRX and he could pull himself and stand back up, you know, stand up and get back down. So there were things that he could do. I would have him punching on the punching bag. I mean, it wasn't hard, but like what he could do, he did. And it brought so much joy to him. And he looked forward to it. I trained with him twice a week, even to the point where when COVID hit, I went to his house and I brought exercise bands and, mm-hmm. you know, I had him do various things. And so it brought him joy he used what he had when it wasn't a ton, but he used it and it brought him so much joy and so much excitement and he looked forward to it. And that for me was very encouraging. And I would post videos about him and people would say, uh, well, there goes my excuses out the window. (laughs) Cause you know, well, yeah. When you see someone like that and they're giving it all they've got and using what they have and that's amazing. Oh, like, yeah. That's an inspiration oh, yeah. and, to other people. And he had his days where he just didn't feel like it. He had his days where I knew he was just fooling around and like he just wasn't in the mood. But like I could only imagine if I were in that situation that I would have those days where I'm like, I don't feel like it. Like it hurts to be alive like physically. I'm in of pain. Course. Like I can't move. I can't do anything. And like I just don't feel like it today. So he had those moments. And I mean, he would he, he would come in some days like, he fell out the chair and like busted his lip because he can't brace himself mm. or like, you know, he, he got stung on his knee and he can't even run from the bees. So like, you just got to sit there and get stung. Like he, and just like, that was his what, life. Hurt. Yeah. It's just like, you're watching it be like, ah, oh, shoot. And he would, you know, you're saying something, but like, I can't make him, I can't do anything about it. I can't move my legs. You like, that. please don't do this. Right. Please like, don't stop, do stop. This. Ah, you did it. You know? So he would come in and all those days it was like rough. But then there were all those days where like, he would come in and it was rough when we would get going and I would say something to him mm-hmm. or I would challenge him or I would do it with him and he would get fired up and he would, ah, ah, and he would get, he would get going and he would rev himself up. And it's like, we have that in each of us, we all have that, 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 that ability, that choice, that decision that we can make to say, you know what, like, I don't have all of the abilities I want. And I certainly can't do what this person can do or what that person can do. But this is what I have. This is a little bit that I have to offer myself, the, my, my Lord, and, and the world. I'm going to take that and I'm going to use it. Mm-hmm. And you know what I think it is? I think it's approaching what you have with the attitude of gratefulness. Because Gratitude. often we downplay what we've actually been given yep. and just like, ah, I, I don't have much. I can't really use this. I can't really use that. But when, yep. when you look at the few things you have, even if, if it's just a little bit and you are able to approach it with gratitude, thank you, God, for giving me these so that I can use my body, mm-hmm. use whatever I have to serve you, to serve your kingdom, to serve others, and you are able to use it. It's so much better than the person who has everything that they possibly need, 
but is not looking at it with gratitude, but complaining that they want more. Agreed. Agreed. Like I have a, my mom, similar, not, not, not cerebral palsy, but she has cancer. Um, and this is a cancer she cannot fix. She can't overcome it. She's going to be on hormone therapy for her whole life. And her hormone therapy causes weight gain. Uh, it causes her to to gain weight. Yeah. And she can't really control that. Yet, she sees her body. She knows that she can use it. She has the ability to walk, the ability to do exercises. Don't get me wrong. She gets out of breath um, when she walks for long periods of time. But yeah. she still does it. She still exercises yeah. four or five times a week. She still goes on her walk. She still does these things and uses her body. And despite the medication, she's been losing the weight that she wants to. Wow. That's crazy. Despite the medication. <laughs> and that's that's the difference between coming at something with that attitude of like, thank you, God, for what you've given me, no matter how much it is. Because you realize you're blessed. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you, when you realize- Every it, person's blessed. Absolutely. Yeah. When you, when you are- uh, Man- I've seen that shoot even recently. I've realized that when I allow myself to get into a, 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 I don't know, a phase or a season of defeat, like where I just, my mind is, con, you know, convinced that my abilities are less than they are, or that something's just not going to work out. I mean, what, what, what I do, I start, it's a, it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy type situation where oh, you just course. like, but what you actually believe about yourself will determine what you do and how you approach life, how you treat things, how you respond mm-hmm. to stuff. Um, and so it creates very real results, right? Like sometimes negative results. So yeah, I mean, the way that you're looking at your situation is certainly going to have an effect on your reality, what it looks like. I mean, and I mean, it's just so great when we see people who, you know, you're doing Spartan races or Tough Mudders or if you've ever done these races and you've got folks that are blind and they've got folks helping them. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm terrified at the top of this, you know, wall I'm climbing over, like, and I can <laughs> see everything. This guy's doing it. Like, I can't, you can't see Jack, can't see where to put your foot. Like, you can't even look if you want to. And they're doing all of the obstacles, of course, with a little bit of help, but they're doing it, right? Or people with mm-hmm. no legs, they're paraplegics, you know, running mud runs. And it's like, wow it's just incredible so when we see that's impressive yeah you you see people doing these things and um it 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 reminds you uh, of one the the human spirit and and what god has put inside of us how strong it can be um, and how strong it truly is Um, but it also gives us an awareness around like the importance of the the way you see your situation um, and just how you respond to Mm -hmm. it that reminds me, um, I'm reading a book, it's by Maxwell Maltz, it's called Psycho-Cybernetics, and in that book, it talks about how we as humans have this goal-setting process. Yeah. Uh, like, we visualize a goal, and God's given us this amazing ability that it's not just a goal of, like, reproduction or survival, it's yeah. a goal to do something. Like, we can do actual we're able to fly which i still think is crazy for some reason but um we can work towards a goal yeah Um, and when we visualize that goal we're already like halfway there because we know what we're moving towards but sometimes what happens is we visualize something that is wrong for example we tell ourselves this story of a sin or a mistake or something we've done in the past that makes us look at ourselves in a negative light and when we look at ourselves in that negative light that becomes the new goal that we're working towards like you said a self-fulfilling prophecy Mm -hmm. because we're telling ourselves these own these stories and we're believing them like 
I'm a failure. I, I'll never achieve anything. I can't run this race. I can't do this. I can't do that. You begin believing those things. Absolutely. You begin seeing yourself as that. It's a narrative. Yeah, you, you recite. It is. And I mean, we communicate stuff to ourselves like all the time, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. There's a movie that we're, we're writing. There's a, there's a narrative that you know, is, is we're scripting and, and, and reciting the script over and over again in our minds, you got to become conscious about what you're saying to yourself and about your situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, because at the end of the day, like what you're focusing on, that is essentially where you're going to place your energy. That's where you're going to, yep. that's how you're, that's going to dictate how you devote your time. Um, yeah. So being intentional about where you see yourself and this is where scripture really comes into play, right? Because we're able yes. to see men and women who are in tough situations uh, and how they responded to them. And we see the folks that just, you know, gave up or, you know, they allowed uh, their situation to make them, you know, cause them to make a hasty decision or whatever it is, turn from God in some way, shape or form. And, and the results of that, then we see the folks that had great faith, you know, the folks that cried out, the folks that trusted, the folks that never gave up. And we see how, what happened to them. And, and, and inevitably we're encouraged by these stories because we see ourselves in people throughout scripture. So, mm-hmm. you know, as we're trying to reshape the way that we think about our circumstance, it's so important to continue meditating on the word of God because he gives us so much good stuff, so much meat and, 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 and potatoes for, <laughs> for, for re- revamping, reshaping, um, you know, reconstructing our, our mental processes and belief systems about mm-hmm ourself and our circumstances and what is actually possible. Right. I think like, like imagine it like this, if you had a friend and this friend kept on telling you like, you're a failure, you're so stupid. You'll never amount to anything. Mm -hmm. This disability is going to get you for the rest of your life. You'll never be able to do anything. I would tell you that this is a toxic relationship. Like get, (laughs) stop, stop listening to that person. But we often allow our minds to tell us those things. And our minds become this toxic relationship we have with ourselves. Yeah. But I think like what you said, when you take scripture and you take, like obviously keep it, keep it in its context. Don't, don't twist its meaning to apply it to your life or anything. But if you take the scripture and you are able to see what God says about you yeah. and apply that to your life, how that changes everything. Mm-hmm. And he spends a decent amount of time focused on our identity. He spends a decent amount of time in scripture. He does. Focused on who we are. And I strongly believe, and this is just my opinion, um, obviously I can't speak for him, but as I look at his character and his heart um, and his great wisdom and you know um, omniscience, I, I realize that it, there's a great possibility that he knows that we were going to struggle with who we truly are. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we're, we're consistently reminded of who we are in him. Well, yeah, I think that's why, like, you think of the existential crisis that people have. Like, one of the biggest questions people ask themselves is, who am I? Who am I? Yeah. Why am I here? Right. And and I, I don't know if we're getting off topic here, but I think that the Bible answers both of those things. <laughs> like we, the Bible answers those things. Well, God answers those things. Because when you're dealing with a disability, when you're dealing with physical limitations, it can cause you to question who you are and what you're so, I mean, I mean, you got to think about the people who had the abilities and then lost the abilities, right? Those people compare themselves mm-hmm. to who they used to be all the time. Who they, so I'm yeah, not able to do this anymore. Who am I now? Right? Like I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. So you do actually start to question your identity. You start to like, you got to, you got to find yourself again, essentially in the new chapter of your life or, and for the people who have always struggled with disabilities, have always struggled with physical limitations. 
I think in, in many ways, it could be very difficult to, to see your place in the world because you are surrounded by people who don't have those limitations, right? And they're mm-hmm. doing this and that. And, you know, it's so easy to just get fixated on what you cannot do. So it's like... A jealousy pops up, yeah, envy pops absolutely. up. Absolutely. And a lot of times it's not, we're not supposed to, but we, we end up connecting what we can or our abilities with our identity. And though we necessarily, mm-hmm. we shouldn't do that, we end up doing that anyways. And so... You know, as you start off really uh, practicing the sense of seeing yourself the correct way and, and your identity and in and, and, and Christ and allowing scripture to minister your purpose and your worth and your place in the world, uh, that then starts to trickle into the way that you act and move and treat life. And therefore, it changes your outcome in reality. Right. Because I think our identity by ourselves, our identity is such a fragile thing that is shaken by everything that happens to oh, yeah. us. Uh, like we, we, we look at ourselves. It's it's the things that we own that yep. that dictate our identity. It's what we what we wear, how we look, how we present ourselves to others, how others see us. Unfortunately, a big part of of us is how others see us and yep. how how like people pleasing and all that. But when you let scripture determine who you are, who God says you are and and why you're here and what purpose he has for your life, how much that changes everything. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I have a one last question for you. Um, just one last question. So let's say, and I get this often, I hope this is not a long question, but <laughs> people, people ask me um, like, why, why did God, God create people with disabilities in the first place. Wow. Why did he create people with disabilities in the first place? I'm, I'm, I'm reciting that as I think about it. Uh, honestly, <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is where um, the man was blind and Jesus healed him. And they say, hey, man, like, what what was his sin? I think he was blind. But they say, what, what did he do wrong? Why Like, why is... Mm-hmm. They ask this in the Bible. Like, also, it's, not, it's not a new question. Yeah. Like, his disciples ask this question. So, like, I think... Even the entire book of Job is like, what's wrong with you? What did right, you do? Right, right, right. Exactly. So, like, it's not a new question. Why does God allow bad things happen to good people or whatever, right? Like... Mm-hmm. And Jesus' answer was actually shocking. He says, well, God wanted the ability... Essentially, paraphrasing it, obviously, but God presented... Provided himself the opportunity to be glorified through this person right in this case it was through their healing in some people's case it's through the life that they lived despite the issue that they were facing but our disabilities our hiccups in life our suffering it's all an opportunity for god to be glorified and that is for the believer our primary focus that's our desire is that he be glorified so whether it's in my success or in my suffering God be glorified through my life. Let your name be Amen. lifted up. And I do believe that God has taken the wicked the wicked scheme of the enemy to bring sin in the world, which also brought sickness and death and all of the things that we're and seeing disease, today, yeah. right? It's it's not it was I don't believe that these disabilities and stuff like that were a part of the original makeup, but I believe when sin came in the world, a lot of garbage came with it, right? But God has taken all of that and says, despite the fact that there's wickedness, sickness, evil in the world, I'm going to turn around for my glory and the good of my people. And I, I'm going to redeem what needs to be redeemed, and I'm going to make all things right Amen. in the end. So it doesn't stop here anyways. Amen. Amen. And to end off on this verse, God does make 
all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That includes a disability yep. or a limitation yep. or anything that people are going through. Yep. Amen. He cares for you. He does it for your good. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Matthew. I appreciate you being here. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to talk. Of course. Um, and for the rest of you listening, I hope this was encouraging in some way, shape, or form, um, and that you walk out of here feeling God's calling on your life just a little bit more. You understand that God has a purpose for you, has a purpose for your disability, to have faith in that, and to know that you are loved and cherished, and and he sees you as your child. So Amen. thank you for being here. And we'll talk to you soon.